This is Transmission. I'm Jennifer Wing. Things are getting a little scary out there. The number of new coronavirus cases is on the rise. In Utah, Indiana, and Texas, hospital beds are filling up. El Paso, Texas is now using overflow tents to house patients as hospitals there run out of beds. And officials there have even put a curfew in place. Deaths are climbing sobering stuff. Dr. Rebecca Haley at Bloodworks Northwest in Seattle can track all of the COVID hotspots in the U.S. based on demand for convalescent plasma. This is plasma from the blood of someone who survived COVID-19. It contains antibodies. Think of it as a stranger's army rushing in to help you fight the disease. Haley's lab sends it out to hospitals all over the country. I was on a call this morning. The upper Midwest is on fire. And so the demand is high. Our demand was high at one time. It's lower now. So we send to share centers. If our area heats up again, then we use our plasma plus the plasma from the share centers. So there's this give and take throughout the country so that everyone can be um, appropriately served. Convalescent plasma was one of the first things we threw at this virus. Since those early days, this therapy has been honed and refined. And that's what sets this new wave of COVID cases apart from the wave we went through in the spring. We're learning better ways to treat this disease. Yes, many people are still dying, but two recent studies show the death rate has fallen from about 25% to below 10%. We're all keeping an eye on the progress vaccines are making. But vaccines aren't the only things that will save us. Even long after they arrive, it will take a while to distribute them. We don't know yet how effective they'll be. People will still be getting sick from COVID. People will still be dying. Effective therapies don't get as much attention, but they're just as important in making this disease less deadly. This is what we'll be talking about today on Transmission. Back in the spring, Dr. Rebecca Haley agreed to lead Bloodworks Bio. It's a lab that, among other things, collects convalescent plasma from COVID-19 survivors and ships it to places that need it. Early on, people were desperate to have a treatment that might help. The whole medical field was pushed really hard into having something to give to these patients who were dying everywhere. People could come in, you know, they were short of breath while they'd give them oxygen and so forth. When it came beyond that, people really did not know what to do. We've known for a long time that convalescent plasma works to help people's bodies fight off viruses. A hundred years ago, it was used to treat the Spanish flu. To see how effective this therapy is at fighting the coronavirus, the Mayo Clinic launched a huge study last spring. And they had no idea it was going to turn out to be as big as it was. No idea in the world. I think close to 100,000 people have now received plasma under that study. But Dr. Haley says the results were kind of underwhelming. The people who had been sick for a long time already, or the people who were already on a ventilator, didn't seem to benefit at all. Giving plasma to people on ventilators didn't do anything because they were already building their own army of antibodies. But it also didn't do any harm. 
Dr. Haley says the Mayo Clinic study is helping to show doctors how to fine-tune this treatment, how to get the most out of it, so it can possibly prevent someone from getting a more serious case of COVID. Probably half of that plasma that we gave early on um, didn't have a chance to be effective because it was not high, high enough level. Now, we do not send out plasma that doesn't have high levels because we have methods of measuring. And so we say, you know, this uh, plasma unit has a medium or high level of antibody before we send it out. We know more now. Certainly don't know everything, but we know more. Dr. Haley is at the end of her career. She did not expect to be working with this much purpose and urgency at this point in her life. I'm obviously um, in a high-risk group. So my husband would tell me every day, he said, get that plasma going, the life you save may be mine. <laughs> you said earlier that you learned things that maybe you guys didn't want to learn. What do you mean by that? Who would want to have to learn about a killer? It's taking out your neighbors and your friends. I mean, that's nice in a science fiction movie, but it isn't a lot of fun when you're, you have it in your community and in your neighborhood. Looking ahead to the future, Dr. Haley says what many other doctors and researchers are saying about this pandemic. There is no wave of cure coming to save us in a few months' time. This virus is going to stay with us, and we're going to have to continue to treat the people who become ill. I think we're going to have to learn to live with this virus. We're going to have to learn how to oppose it and use every means at our disposal, not just a means. We really need to focus on new and different treatment modalities and be testing multiple ones at the same time in case they don't pan out. This is not a situation where we want to have all of our eggs in one basket. This is Dr. Rachel Bender Ignacio. She studies infectious diseases. Until the arrival of COVID, Dr. Bender Ignacio's main focus has been HIV. Today, she is the medical director of the COVID Clinical Research Center at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center in Seattle. And so this clinic, uh, clinical research center has been in the works for several months. Um, and with our opening of two clinical trials is um, just the beginning of sort of a new phase in our ability to, to try to bring therapeutics um, out to the U.S. population. Unlike Dr. Haley, Dr. Bender Ignacio is more towards the beginning of her career. She's 38 years old. Since the start of the pandemic, she's been working every day, weekends, evenings. When she isn't working, her time is spent being a mom to two young daughters. She's taking care of many patients critically ill with COVID-19. She says there is a collective sense of helplessness doctors and nurses feel when patients die, despite making every effort to save their lives. This new research clinic at Fred Hutch aims to put more tools in the COVID-19 treatment toolbox that can help people early before they get really sick. The focus of most of our studies here is on people who are not sick enough to be hospitalized. And so that's why this center is special, is it's not relying on trying to find people who've been hospitalized. We're really, you know, focusing on getting people in the community who've just found out that they tested positive. 
Right now, the clinic is running two double-blind studies. Half the people will get a therapy and the other half will get a placebo. One of the studies is looking at the effectiveness of Regeneron's monoclonal antibody. This is an infusion of synthetic antibodies. These antibodies were selected from COVID-19 survivors because they're A-plus antibodies, super strong warriors, and now they are replicated in a lab. Convalescent plasma, the blood-related treatment that we heard about earlier, it's like digging around in a toolbox for the right tool. Monoclonal antibodies, on the other hand, are more proven and precise. It's like a box with just one tool, and it's exactly right. Dr. Bender Ignacio thinks of these two therapies as separate bags of marbles. You know, the way that I think about it is that um, that convalescent plasma is um, sort of like receiving a bag of marbles of all sorts of different colors, and you're really looking for that purple marble um, or the tiger's eye marble, I guess was the the, the hot one. Um, so you're looking for the tiger's eye marble in that bag of multicolored marbles, whereas receiving monoclonal antibodies um, is is a whole bag of, of tiger's eye marbles without having to sift through the other ones. The other therapy the research clinic is testing is the drug remdesivir. This is an antiviral that is normally used to treat Ebola. The Food and Drug Administration gave its official approval for remdesivir as a therapy for COVID in hospitalized patients. But a study from the World Health Organization didn't find it was all that effective in preventing COVID deaths. Dr. Bender Ignacio says there is still more to learn. She wants to know if remdesivir works on people early in the disease. What remdesivir does is it gets inside your body and it sort of gums up that process of the virus um, making photocopies of itself. And the ideal antiviral is one that does a very good job of that without hurting human cells. And what we've seen so far with remdesivir is that we're still waiting to see how well it works in keeping people out of the hospital. Um, But what we do know about it from giving it to people, even people who are quite sick, is that it is a pretty safe medication. And really our goal is to say everybody who's unfortunate enough to have um, acquired COVID should be able to participate in one of these studies and know that they are helping move us all as a society towards finding treatments. That, that would be wonderful, but is, is there capacity for everyone who's diagnosed with COVID to participate in, a, in, in, in studies like, like the ones being run out of the center? Probably not every single person, but some of the things that we are trying to do here that are innovative include um, incorporating transportation assistance for people, um, having a combination of visits that are in our, in our um, research center and maybe at home, maybe some virtual visits. Um, and then we're actually working on some studies that haven't been formally announced yet, um, but that are still in the works that could happen entirely remotely. This really got my attention. What Dr. Bender Ignacio and her team are working towards is this. Someday, in the not-too-distant future, early cases of COVID can be treated by sending test kits and medicine to your home. And we would monitor them very closely, um, remotely, but the idea is that that would really allow people to participate, um, you know, not only in Washington state, but um, in areas across the country and potentially in rural areas that don't have access to an academic medical center. 
So participating, enrolling in a study, uh, in, in, in a research study that has teeth, that there's enough evidence to show that this could be beneficial and not having to leave your home. We're getting exactly. close to that. Exactly. Dr. Bender Ignacio has a bird's eye view of all of the therapies that are being developed and tested. Depending on how the trials go, more treatments are on the way. I believe I can count at least four or five monoclonal antibodies that are produced um, by different companies and are all um, in different clinical, different phases of clinical trials right now. There are definitely more, but those are the ones that are sort of um, in phase two, phase three right now. Um, there are a few antivirals, and then the um, other main class of treatment um, are immunomodulators. Immunomodulators. These are for people who are really sick. With COVID-19, it's often our own body's response that does the damage. A person's immune system can go into overdrive, attacking healthy tissue, which can do a lot of damage to our vascular system. And when that happens, clots can form, strokes happen, major organs like the heart and kidneys and lungs can fail. Immunomodulators suppress particular parts of the immune system, lowering the risk of inflammation. Looking again to the future, Dr. Bender Ignacio envisions a world where we treat the coronavirus the same way we treat people with HIV, people who are exposed to COVID or who work a frontline job, get medication, a pill or injection that acts both as a prevention and a treatment. Like Dr. Rebecca Haley from Bloodworks Northwest, Dr. Bender Ignacio says we need to be coming at COVID from multiple angles. It will be months, if not a year, before people have access to vaccines. And we also understand that not everybody will be able to or want to get a vaccine. Um, the FDA has, um, has announced that they will approve a vaccine that has 50% efficacy, which means that for every two people exposed to the virus, one of those people will be protected. That means that, that in the case of an imperfect vaccine, we're preventing every one out of two people from being infected, but we still need um, treatments for people who do get infected and for those who aren't um, able to get the vaccine or have those around them get the vaccine. We need urgent answers and we need to help people because I have watched patients not survive from COVID, too many of them, um, both personally and, and just locally here in Seattle. And we need to change course. The latest estimate from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation is that more than 350,000 people in the U.S., that's total for the pandemic so far, will die of COVID-19 between now and the end of January. But again, as crazy as that number is, it could be worse. As I said earlier, the mortality rate is going down. It's still not good, but it's better than it was back in March. Researchers think a variety of forces are making this happen. Younger people who are less likely to die are getting infected. And we, the public, you and me, we're getting better at wearing masks. The more we wear masks, the more lives will be saved. And hospitals are getting better at treating people and using the therapies they have available to them right now as an army of scientists continue to put in the most intense and consequential hours of their careers to figure out even more effective ways 
to manage this disease. That's it for this episode of Transmission. Transmission is made possible with the help of the KNKX Newsroom. This episode was produced by me and edited by Will James. Our executive producer is Florangela Davila. Please consider giving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Doing that really helps people find us. And you can send us feedback along with a voice memo recording of what your life is like right now to outreach at knkx.org. I'm Jennifer Wing. Catch you next time on Transmission. Transmission.